Hey guys, this is Trev. You're about to hear a really cool Spanish introduction to the podcast. One of our listeners called in. He's a professional voiceover artist, and he recorded a Spanish voiceover uh, intro for us. So here it is. No se vayan, amigos. Estamos escuchando Inside Acting. Espero lo estén disfrutando. Hasta pronto. listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm Trevor Algott. And I'm AJ Meyer, and I sound like I'm on the phone because I am. And coming up in episode 207, we dig into the Inside Acting mailbag, responding to four or five of the most pressing, insightful, and thought-provoking questions recently sent in by our listeners. We've been teasing this episode for a while, and we're really excited about it. Uh, these questions include everything from finding voiceover representation to getting dropped by agencies to searching for the ideal rival job, and even a question about whether or not to throw in the towel on this whole acting thing. And also, and this is really cool, a longtime listener shares a quick technology hack that allows you to stream Netflix no matter what country you're in. That's pretty sweet, right? It's all coming up in episode 207, our listener appreciation episode. So stay with us. Support for this episode of Inside Acting comes from VO2GoGo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit VO2GoGo.com start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's VO, the number two, GoGo.com start. So this is pretty cool, man, because our, our listeners need to be appreciative of this because you are like out in the wilderness with your dad and you're taking time away from your week long sort of father son bonding camping trip to record an episode for us. Yeah, so uh, currently I'm in Mammoth, uh, sort of central California. We're not necessarily staying here the entire time, but this is just one of the places that we're camping. And really, it's just a, a chance to, like you said, spend some time with my, my pops. Haven't had a chance to do a uh, father-son fishing trip and probably, I think we figured out it was like three years ago or something like that. Mm, wow. um, and it's something that's really important to both of us. It's living life, man. Just living life. You got to live your life. Hell yeah. Can't only be about one thing. You know what I love about that is it reminds me of this story. I was talking to a friend recently and he told he told me how he kind of views life in terms of tree rings. He said, you know, like when you cut down a tree, you can look at the rings of the tree and see what each year of its life was like. You can tell, you know, 
whether it was like a good year in terms of like climate, in terms of infestations, in terms of uh, water and moisture and, and precipitation. And you can also tell when it's a bad year. So the good years are really, you know, marked by like these really kind of thick tree rings. They're light in color. They're very thick and robust. You can tell there was a lot of growth that happened because there was a lot of input. And then on the years where it wasn't so good, the lines are kind of darker and sort of featureless and they're very thin and they sort of bunch up together and not much growth happened because there wasn't the right sort of conditions for, for growth to happen. So the tree is kind of stagnated. And he basically said, you know, like it, it's valuable to, to come at our lives from this perspective of like, you know, finding out what the ideal conditions are for input and growth so that we can sort of grow you know, robust tree rings on our souls, I guess. But the idea being, if we don't subject ourselves to these kinds of experiences on a regular basis, we end up just having a lot of really tiny, thin, featureless rings in our lives where we could, we can look and we can't really, we don't have any information. We can't like tell what happened in that time frame. And I just, I love what you, what you're doing. You're moving across the country, then you jump right into a camping trip and then you're going to be back in LA and you're teaching this course. I mean, that's a pretty thick tree ring right there you got. That's a big, thick tree ring. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a gorgeous analogy. Who, who did you say said that? Isn't that cool? It's, it's just a friend of mine. Uh, it just blew my mind, man. It just, I really took that to heart. Beautiful analogy. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, all, I'm all filled up. I was already filled up from, you know, you know how I get around nature and trees. Mm. Yeah, wilderness. It, it it fills me up, and that, that man, that uh, that puts some really awesome perspective into it as well. Thank you for that, sir. Keep building those tree Partner rings. In crime. So I haven't I haven't really talked to you because of the because of everything that's been going on, the cross country drive and the camping and everything. What's what's uh, what's new in your world? I am, you know me, man. I'm always in some process of discovery. Uh, so that's where I'm at. I, I had an audition. Uh, <clears throat> I had a meeting. Uh, the other week for Rizzoli and Isles, which was, which was kind of cool. Um, but you know, like I, I, I've just been doing some sort of exploration of myself and seeing where I am at this phase of my life. And this has been an ongoing thing for me, I I know, but, uh, you know, every day brings a new sort of twist on things and I'm, I'm just navigating what feels the most authentic to me. And to be completely honest, and we can go into this more in another episode, but to be completely honest, it feels more right to me to sort of take my foot off the gas pedal of acting at the moment. I'm not saying no to things. I'm not, you know, leaving the industry or anything, but I'm just backing off a little bit and, and really finding out where the most energy for me comes from. Because at the moment, acting is not so much that source. Uh, if I book, you know, something, great. I'm all for it. I love being on set. I love that. But there's a lot of other things about the industry that drain me. And actually, we're going to talk about this a little bit later. In, uh, yeah, this I was going to say, I was going to say, this is going to come up for uh, again later on the episode. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I, I think there's a there's a middle ground there, and I'm figuring out what it is. But I'm also at a place in my life where I can honor the authenticity of that feeling and say, you know what, I'm not trying to please anybody else anymore. I'm not doing this for for reputation's sake or anything like that. I'm I'm figuring out what my journey is. And uh, it may not look like, you know, always on, always committed, always driven towards this one singular goal. It may be a little bit more lateral. It may be a little bit more parallel. Uh, so that's where I'm at, man. But I've been spending a lot of time writing, uh, been playing my guitar, been writing music, been cooking, been swimming, you know, like a lot of things that really sort of fill me up. And, and when an audition or a meeting comes, awesome. 
And when they don't, awesome. (laughs) So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it, man. We're we're both uh, we're both doing things that that make us happy and fill us up, and and yeah, the industry is not going anywhere. We've always said that, you know, it's still there, and you know, if we live a long, healthy, fulfilling life, uh, you know, we'll be all the better for it when, when and if something comes around later. Yeah. You know, yeah. we we talked about people who've discovered acting or just got into it when they were in there uh, 50s, 60s and, you know, gone on to, to enjoy success. And no one would ever be able to tell me that those people lived a really, you know, shut in terrible, <laughs> you know, depressive lifestyle prior to that. Mm-hmm. You know, they, yeah. I'm sure that those people, you know, lived a life and had experiences and had their ups and had their downs and, are able to then bring that all that experience to bear on, you know, maybe the perfect role or something. For them. Yeah. Yeah. I had an acting coach when I first got out to LA who told me that she believed that the very best actors, meaning the people with the most life experience to draw on were people that were like, you know, working at Seven Eleven or working at, you know, the, the, the person who takes your ticket at the parking garage, like those kinds of people. She says they are the best, the best actors out there because they are just present to life. They are like, in the trenches working these jobs that, you know, sometimes our culture sort of frowns upon. Um, but they're, they're talking to people all day long. They're on their feet. Acting has so little to do with technique and method and all these things and so much to do with just being present to life and other people that really stuck with me. You know, the best actors are the people that are working at Seven Eleven. You know, and that's not that's not a comment on that job at all. It's more it's the, the 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 spirit behind that comment is is that they're the people who are out there living life face to face with other people every single day, doing the daily grind on their yeah. feet in the service industry. You know, those kind of people. That's that's kind of what she was yeah. getting at. There was someone who wrote in or called into the podcast a while back that said that she felt like she was an introvert and, and very shy mm-hmm. and was looking yeah. for a way to get out of her comfort zone. And we said, go get a job working retail, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sort of like force you <laughs> to engage with people. Oh yeah. man. Are we, are we mean sometimes or are we <laughs> doing people a, a certain, they're like, yeah, go, you're afraid of this. Go do it. I know. You're afraid I know. of heights. Go skydiving. The only way out is through, right? Anyway, we're going to have plenty, plenty of time to talk about this specific topic a little bit later in the episode. So before we dive yes. into uh, the, the rest of that, uh, we definitely want to remind everybody that there's this amazing uh, Real Talk launch party coming up in like just a week or so as of this recording. In fact, I think it's next week as of this recording. Uh, so here's the blurb. On Monday, September 14th, Inner Image Media... You guys have heard us talk about these guys before. This is Miguel and Michael and Mac and all these guys over at Rapid Reels, which is a sort of arm of of Inner Image Media, their production company. Uh, These guys are hosting a launch party for their brand new series called Real Talk. That's R-E-E-L, Talk, Real Talk. It's an entertaining and informative sit-down Q&A that focuses on the career ins and outs and personal ups and downs of aspiring and established talent from every corner of the entertainment industry. 
not only did uh, me, not only did I have the pleasure of, of being one of the first guests on uh, the first season, but the, the series itself was actually partially inspired by this very podcast. It's sort of the video version that's slightly more personal uh, of of inside acting. I mean, it's it's a pretty sweet series. I've seen some clips, I've seen some of the work, and it's, it's something to be excited about. So the launch party for this is being held at the Majestic Nightclub General Lee's that's located in the heart of Chinatown in downtown LA. And there's going to be a special guest appearance by actress Jessica Clark from True Blood. There's going to be a live performance by breakout hip-hop artist Cognito. Uh, the ghost host of IAP himself, Mr. Ben Whitehair, is going to be hosting this thing. And it's going to be sponsored the in part... The ghost host. <laughs> that's right. It's going to be sponsored uh, uh, by both us, the podcast, and the LA Actors Tweet Up. Now, the official series launches on Tuesday, September 15th, online at realtalkonline.com. And again, that's R-E-E-L, talkonline.com. But the launch party is going to be the night prior. It's going to be Monday, September 14th at 7 p.m. So if you want more details, if you want to RSVP, check out the Real Talk Facebook page at bit.ly slash realtalklaunchparty. And, you know, go ahead and RSVP because every RSVP gets you an entry into a raffle to win great prizes, uh, including a free scene with the Rapid Reels guys. And a few episodes ago, I talked about why that is an amazing thing to put your name in the mix for. So the uh, event page again is bit.ly slash realtalklaunchparty. That's on our Twitter feed all over the place. It's on our, our, our website page in the show notes. And it's also on Facebook, bit.ly slash realtalklaunchparty. So I hope you guys RSVP for that. Hope to see you at 7 p.m. on the 14th for the Real Talk Online launch party. And actually, I'm going to just piggyback on that. There is a new version of rehearsal in the works right now. And if you want to be a part of that and get a 40% discount, I actually have the official copy we wrote for this. I just didn't stick it in the outline today. But the, uh, the, the gist is that there's an Indiegogo campaign happening right now to fund the creation of Rehearsal Pro. There's a lot of cool features. Uh, it's still in development, so you can actually hop onto that, that campaign, contribute, and actually ask for features, and the app creators will build it into the new version of Rehearsal. And if you go on to, if you go to uh, what's the website? Rehearsal.pro slash IAP. Rehearsal.pro, P-R-O, slash IAP. You can get uh, a, a you can basically get the the app for forty percent off. You can donate at the twelve dollar level, and they'll send you the app as soon as it's finished. And you can also see all the other cool stuff that's over there at that campaign. There's T-shirts and there's video interviews and opportunities to have lunch and get coaching from David H. Lawrence's seventeenth. It's it's really pretty cool. So rehearsal.pro slash iap, uh, go there and check out the new version of rehearsal being built right now and be a part of it. Let's jump into the meat of this episode, which is these these four. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five uh, listener connections, essentially. And I say connections because the first one isn't so much a question as it is an amazing recommendation. This comes from longtime listener and member Katra. She basically was listening to an episode where you, AJ, apologized to our international listeners uh, for m- having a pick of the week that was not available to them on Netflix. I guess it was something that was only yeah, available. More than one, more than one occasion where I apologize for this. Katra says she's got a solution for this. I haven't explored it yet, but she says it's awesome. It's a, it's a Google Chrome extension. So Chrome is a browser that you can download from Google for free. And it's extension. It's an extension called Ola. H-O-L-A, Ola. 
And essentially, it's a, an unlimited VPN uh, plug-in. And a VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. It's this weird internet protocol that a lot of businesses use to sort of create a, a, a private little spot on the internet. Um, but this thing's free, it's unlimited, and it will set your computer's location to whatever region you want. So I think a lot of our listeners know that, that you know sometimes you'll get a DVD that's encoded for a specific region, like let's say the UK or something. And if you try to play that on, a, on an American DVD player, it, it won't play. Or, or you have to like reprogram your DVD player to like play DVDs from that region, but then your DVD player can't play DVDs from another region. It's the same thing online with, the, with digital files on, on Netflix. But this plugin will allow you to basically tell the internet that your computer is wherever you want it to be. You could say, you know, I'm sitting here in California, but I could say, actually, my computer's in Australia, and then my computer will then ping the network, and Netflix will say, oh, that computer's in Australia, let's open up the Australian, you know, library to this person, because they're Australian, and they're within the right regions, and the right rights, and all that stuff. I hope that made sense, but essentially, it's a way to to watch anything you want on Netflix, no matter where you are. So she says it's definitely made sense. Yeah. She says it's easy uh, and safe to download. It's free. Uh, I don't think she said anything about its legality, but I, it's a, Hey, it's out there. It's, it's something that's a a plugin for a, probably the biggest technology companies product in the world. Uh, and it's available in their, in their extension marketplace. So I can't imagine it's breaking any laws of any kind. So check it out. Ola. We'll have a link to that on our website in the show notes. Uh, pretty pretty kick-ass. Thank you, Katra, for that awesome tip. Yeah, I definitely got to check that out. Yeah. All right, cool. So that's the first one. Uh, moving on to number two. This is a voicemail co- that comes from uh, a new listener named Juan. And Juan is in Milwaukee. Uh, he's going to take the L.A. plunge soon with his daughters and wife. In fact, rather than tell you what he's going to say, why don't we just go ahead and play his voicemail and let him tell you and then respond to it on the other side. How do I find the best representation for my Spanish voiceover career? I want to I want to approach the best um, agents and con- and show them my demos, what I can do, and obtain the best representation. So how would I find that? Because I know there's so much, so so many out there. So you may have recognized Juan's voice because uh, he opened our episode today. So. First of all, thank you, Juan, for our, our first ever Spanish language commercial for Inside Acting. That was probably one of the coolest things I've ever heard uh, in terms of uh, a listener writing or calling in. Um, and second of all, yeah, we want to jump into, I guess, the meat of your question, which is really about finding the best representation for a Spanish voiceover career, right, Trev? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Juan, you know, he speaks excellent English, as you as you all have heard, but um, he's he's got a great position because he also speaks very fluent Spanish. That's his first language. And I've been to his website and I've listened to his demos and they're fantastic. Like, there's no reason this guy is, is shouldn't be working uh, and should be represented. So his question is, what's the next step? How can I, how, how can he get representation for his voiceover career uh, with people that specialize in Spanish speaking voiceover talent? Yeah, I feel like as someone who, you know, teaches the, the, the workshops that you do and, and are, you know, more, I don't know, involved in this world, you'd probably be better suited to answer this question. The, the only thing I would have to contribute really is I feel like with voiceover, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like with voiceover more so than with on-camera acting, I think it is even more of a numbers game in that I feel like if he just got himself 
his, him, himself and his demos out to as many, um, you know, agents as possible. Uh, one of them would be interested in, in either taking a meeting or, or sending him out or something like that. Do you find, Trev, that it's even more, I mean, I know that on-camera stuff can be a numbers game sometimes too, but do you find even more so in, in voiceover or am I talking no, out of my butt? You're, no, you're right on, right on the money. <clears throat> voiceover is just as challenging as acting is. In fact, it's, it's almost the same exact game. There's a lot of people that I've heard over the years say, you know, oh, I lost my job as a banker, and so I'm going to get a job as a voiceover artist and just bring in a few bucks on the side. And they usually follow it up with something like, yeah, my friends say that I have a good voice or something like that. And I, <laughs> I hear this a lot, and I'm sure that you've experienced it a lot too, AJ, and I'm, I'm sure people listening to this show have maybe heard it or maybe even been the person, like I have been, uh, that thought the same exact thing. There was a time when I was like, yeah, I'll just, you know, I'll go on Voice123, set up a profile, book a few little, you know, industrial voiceover gigs. I got it. I know how to work the mic. I got a good speaking voice. And and that approach is like saying, you know, people tell me I'm really attractive, so I'm going to go be an actor. Like it has it has nothing to do with with anything meaningful. Like voiceover is all about art, it's all about science, it's about craft, it's about storytelling and presentation. Your voice, your the quality of your voice has very very little bearing on anything. It's the technique that you bring to the game. And just like acting, it's it's very much a numbers game. There's a lot of really talented voiceover artists out there vying for this work. And they have world-class products. You know, they are people that are trained. They are professionals. And um, so my first advice for anybody listening to this, I think Juan gets this already. His work is excellent. But my first advice is, is be in this for the long haul. Like voiceover is not something that you want to sort of dabble in on the side. It's a commitment that you make to see through because that's just what it requires. It's just like acting. It requires, you know, long-term success requires a commitment for the long haul. And as far as getting started, Juan, I would say um, you're in a really great position because there aren't a ton of Spanish-speaking voiceover artists in the States that I'm, you know, obviously I'm not in that demographic. I don't speak Spanish beyond like an elementary level. But, you know, like you've you've got a very specific skill set and a very specific sort of sniper rifle scope thing going on you know what I mean (laughs) like you you have something that not a lot of people have in the market so you've already got that advantage of being that specific the next step I would say is to just like you said AJ get your stuff up on as many sites as possible get your demos up on YouTube get them up on SoundCloud get them on voice123.com get them on voices.com get them up on LinkedIn plug the shit out of them on Twitter like just be everywhere because on the internet people find you through the side door very rarely do some does somebody google search spanish-speaking voiceover talent and then stumble across your your search result almost always it's like a friend of a friend linked them to an amazon review that you left five years ago and they clicked on that and found their way to your instagram page and then from there they stumbled across your voice one two three profile somehow like it's it's always a sort of side door entry thing and so the more places you can be the more likely you are to be found. The next step I would take is I would, if I were you, um, I would get on voiceregistry.com as well. It's a free website. You can do a $10 a month paid version as well, but it offers all sorts of relationship building and networking opportunities as well as a place to get your work in front of agents. There's monthly workouts and lots of great features that will allow you to get in there, play the game, uh, and make sure that the right people are seeing your work. 
And I've heard a lot of success stories come out of Voice Registry. So uh, check it out, voiceregistry.com. Like I said, it's free. There is a paid membership, which I think is worth it if voiceover is your main focus. But I would start there and just explore some of the options available. And then thirdly, uh, I would reach out to David H. Lawrence the 17th. Go to his website, vo2gogo.com. The guy knows everything about voiceover. And yes, I'm biased. <laughs> yes, uh, this is from my own personal experience uh, learning from him. But he's very generous and responsive and would love to support you and could possibly give you some tips on things you may or may not be seeing um, as far as uh, what the next steps could be for you. So uh, I would do all those things. Get your, your stuff up everywhere. Uh, start on voiceregistry.com and start getting your work in front of the right people, and then reach out to somebody like David H. Lawrence Seventeenth for mentorship or advice or guidance. So that's where I would start. Any uh, Anything you wanted to tack on to that, AJ? The, the, thing, the first step, it made me think of that time when uh, I think Ben found it. Uh, ben was like looking around on, on some voiceover website or something like that, and he found this this thing that was like, uh, we're looking for, you know, young, male, hip, sounding voice or whatever, like comfortable talking about technology and da da da. And they were like, somebody like this. And it was a link to, uh, I think a YouTube video of the, uh, Mac OS 10 mountain lion guided tour, which oh I did God. the voiceover for. Which you did. <laughs> yes. And the problem was, like, it was the last day they were looking for somebody, and then he didn't send it to me in like, until, like, two days later, so they weren't looking for anybody anymore. And I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Like, they were, they were literally, we're looking for somebody who sounds like this. I was like, that, that's me. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm raising my hand right now. That's me. That's so funny, I'm, man. That's my voice you're wanting. Right. So, uh... Anyway, I, I'm, I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. I'm saying that because everything that you just, it just corroborates everything that you said, Trevor. Like, it's possible that someone is already looking for you, Juan, and it's just a matter of, like, figuring out how to get you in front of them. That's with the, um, you know, step one that you said, that sort of passive way, and then there's also the active, you know. Yeah, and you know, that, that <clears throat> says something, too, about the job of the casting director, in that it was easier for them to put out a casting for somebody that sounded like this working voiceover actor than it was to actually hunt down that working, that specific workover voicing voiceover actor. So I guess I actually have a question for you here, AJ. What, why do you think they didn't come to you directly? I don't know that it would be easy to find that person unless I was actively like going around to every place on the internet where that may have been posted and commenting my name. Do you know what I mean? Like, like right. this, this is me. This is me. And like doing it constantly <laughs> trying to figure out how to like, I mean, that would be impossible. And mm. you know, it's Apple. So like before I even go in the room, I'm signing all these NDAs and stuff. Like no one's supposed right. to know that it's me. Right. You know? So I, I wonder, and totally true. Like I've, I've, you know, I worked for Apple too. And I used to go up to the San Jose campus and every time I went up there, it was like, you signed your life away. You signed away your firstborn before you even walked in the doors. So I actually saw the yeah. very first Apple TV prototypes and stuff, and I was like, oh my god, this is so cool, but I couldn't talk about it for like six months. Hmm. I hope you forgive me for this. If you could go back and do things differently and make yourself more findable, uh, what would you do in this situation? Well, uh, voiceover, you know, the, the very first thing that you said was that it is an all-in 
prospect, right? That was the very first thing that you said was if you're going to do it, you, you, you get to dive in 100%. It's not something that you're going to sort of dance around and hope to book things. And the fact of the matter is that I was never all in. And, I, and I'm still really not. When I get back to L.A., I've got a meeting set up with a good friend of ours, Trevor, uh, Rebecca Davis, who's working all the time and yeah. works over. Yeah, she is. You know, we're, we're, I, I, I'm taking her out to lunch to pick her brain because, you know, I feel like I did the Apple thing. I did Scott trade. Those are two huge, you know, um, clients. I've got a great commercial uh, demo. You know, I, I've got this great material. So I could do something with it, but I think you're right. And I think your advice to Juan is accurate. Like you really get to just dive a hundred percent in to that. So I'm thinking that while I'm making the transition over to Los Angeles, while I have this uh, East coast representation and, and not necessarily having representation in LA, I mean, they're going to submit me in LA, but not necessarily having representation in LA, maybe now's a good time. Hmm. Maybe now's mm -hmm. a, a good time to take the next three months and really focus on it. See, I don't know. I, I want to see what it's like, you know, at that lunch. But anyway, that's a long winded way of answering your question is that what I would have done is would have gone all in, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's what I would have done, done differently. Right. Um, I, I want to make a suggestion if this is okay. Um, this only because this is in my world right now. I'm learning about this. Um, I've been investing in some online education, courses uh on various things and one of them is sort of it's it's like marketing on the internet or you know um specifically blogging and writing and i'm really learning about the power of a blog and i i hate that word <laughs> i think it sounds like you know something's wrong with your nose or something but the, but i i'm finding that <laughs> that a lot of people will will find you the more content you have out on the internet and it doesn't have to be about you you could be about you know it could be an, a narrative about uh, an experience you had or it could be you know, an observation about the industry or it could be about your pet dog or whatever it is as long as you have something on the internet that is content that is uh, consistently refreshed and consistently useful to people that's a great way for people to find you. So I'm wondering if in this case, if in, you know, I'm not uh, blameless here. I don't have a blog right now, but if somebody, if, if you had, uh, had, if you had a blog at the time and you had written once you were allowed to about booking this gig and being the voice of Mac OS mountain, was it mountain lion or lion or which one was it? Mountain lion. lion. Mountain lion. So being the voice of mountain lion. Um, I wonder if, if that, voiceover agent if they just googled just before they put out the casting notice that they just googled like who was the guy who did the mountain lion voice if your blog entry would have resulted in that search and then if they would have said oh is this guy let's reach out to him directly i'm just wondering if that if that's an if that's something that might have happened and if it is i think it's plausible it's like then then maybe we all get to start looking at that as, as another way of putting our content out onto the into the world and another way to be found. Yeah. I, I'm using you as an example and please forgive me. It's I'm speaking to everybody, but this is a specific example to sort of illustrate the point. I'm talking as much to myself. As yeah. yeah. Well, in a way I do, I feel like we do, you and I both have a blog that gets refreshed weekly and it's <laughs> called inside acting, Yeah. you know, the inside acting podcast. So there's that. And, and, and I, I'm really grateful for what, for the impact that we've made on the community so far and continue to make. I don't know. It, it's it, it makes me wonder if there should be a place online 
that's not necessarily your resume verbatim, mm. but some way of identifying yourself as your work. To, to me, this sounds like a different, it's sort of like a combination of a blog, your actor's access, like user profile, and your personal website. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. this, com- this, this, this combination of these things where, yeah, if, if there was somewhere on the internet that just literally said, uh, A.J. Meyer did the voiceover for the OS ten, you know, would someone be able to Google it and then find that and, and find me? Yeah, and find your um, contact info, yeah. Right, it's like, yeah. but, but how, how to, you know, combine those three ideas into one and then have that be uh, what people, you know, what, what, what people find when they Google something. I don't know. It's yeah. really, it's, I, I got to think about this one. This is, uh, this is interesting. I, I think it's, I think it's as simple as setting up a blog. Uh, you know, you can just use wordpress.com or blogger.com or something like tumblr.com. Um, and just updating that, you know, once a week and, you know, just making sure the content is somehow useful for people. It's not the me show all the time that you're actually giving some, something of value to people. But then, you know, you know, doing the self-promotion thing when necessary. I, I, I think that that's a good starting place because it's text-based. You know, this podcast is great, but it's not text-based. Um, you know, we've gotten some feedback over the years that maybe we should have hire a transcription service so that the written transcript of each episode is available online as well. Uh, we haven't done it yet, but uh, I'm starting to see the value in that in having... Yeah. Something that the, you know, the bots can index and search and pull results from. So there's another thing for you, Juan. Maybe, uh, maybe look at starting a, a blog and it doesn't have to be anything, you know, crazy. Just be, here's a little bit about my life as a working voiceover actor that speaks Spanish, moving from Florida to LA. Wow. So many things. Yeah. So many things. <laughs> Juan, Juan is like completely like filled up with ideas now. Yeah. Um, but that's awesome. Well, I, and, and even I, and I guess we have a lot to think about too now. Yeah. So, and this is, this is all stuff that I've just been putting into my brain the past week or so. So this is, this is probably not new material to everybody, but for me, this feels revolutionary. It's percolating. It's yeah, percolating. I love that word. We gotta let it perk. We gotta let it percolate. Let it perk. Gotta let it percolate. <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right. So, so I, I guess we should move on to uh, this email we got from JC. Now, is this the same JC that wrote in before, and therefore is a female? Because whoever it is, they talk about uh, becoming a firefighter or a cop, and if you know, uh, those are typically you know uh, associated with the male gender. But if it, this is the female JC that wrote in, holy crap, that's awesome. So the gist of the email, um, he or she says, I've been thinking about uh, the fact that I need a new survival slash survival job. Um, my current job is not is comfortable, but it's not quite challenging me or fulfilling me. So I've been looking into various options of a new survival job, but what's out there doesn't really appeal to me. What I'm really interested in right now is becoming a firefighter, like I was saying before, or alternatively a cop. Of course, these are relatively inflexible jobs. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, compared to many others I could seek. Uh, although it seems like fire department personnel have slightly more open schedules. Yeah, I have heard that they work like, you know, three days on, four days off. Mm-hmm. Like they literally work for 72 hours straight, and maybe they get a, a little bit of sleep here and there, but you're yeah. you're on. So if there's a fire at, you know, four in the morning or something, you, you, that's it. You're, you're on it. Yeah. Um, 
On the other hand, I can't help thinking that one of these will be uh, the challenging and fulfilling job that I've been craving. Do you have any suggestions? Do you think I can pursue film and work as a firefighter simultaneously, or should I just let that concern go and do what I'm driven to do? I love that. Hmm. What are some points that you think I should consider before making such a, a decision? Thanks so much, JC. Well, in a way, she you know, answered his or her own question on, the, uh, on that last part. Should I just do what I'm driven to do? I think that's something that Trevor and I always encourage our, our listeners to to do. But uh, do you have any thoughts, uh, sort of knee-jerk reaction to this one, Trev? Yeah, and this, maybe it's just because of where I'm coming from in my life right now. But I'm just I'm reading over the email here, and I'm looking at the, the language that you used, JC, and you said, "What I'm really interested in right now is becoming a firefighter or alternatively a cop." What I'm really interested in, what I'm really interested in, and then you go down later and you say, uh, "Should I let that concern go and do what I'm driven to do?" what I am driven to do. So you're really interested in and driven to do something. You didn't say the second one, it wasn't clear which, which, whether what you were feeling driven to do, whether it was the firefighter, thrival job or acting work and film. But I'm a, I believe that we all have the answers. We always know what the answer is. There's just a lot of considerations and things that come up about, you know, what will people think about me and will I make the wrong choice and, you know, things like that. But if, if we're quiet with ourselves, we always know what the, the correct answer is. And, and like you said at the beginning of the episode, AJ, the, the entertainment industry will always be here. It's always changing. I mean, just in the past couple of years, we've seen a massive decentralization of where the industry is located. You know, most of the activity in the entertainment industry was happening happening in L.A. and, and Hollywood and, and, and in New York and London and other parts around the world, but mostly concentrated in Hollywood for a long time. And now it's like you've got these 3D cameras coming out. People are shooting horror films and stuff all over the place. I had a friend who just shot a, a horror film with one of those 3D cameras in Michigan. And my friend, our friend Corwin, was telling me about these 3D cameras and how they're like completely upending the industry. And they're so much. They're they're easy to edit, and it's kind of like shooting a play. And the the technology is affordable, and you know more and more people are making great content in other parts of the world and country. And and so it's like, I think the idea that we need to be like committed to one location and committed to this one goal, you know, overarching goal beyond anything else. I think that's kind of an antiquated idea now at this point. Just where we are socially, technologically. I think that storytelling, effective storytelling can happen anywhere and can have a big impact pretty much whether you're in LA going to Sundance or whether you have a YouTube channel that's gaining thousands of followers every week. I I think it's a simpler conversation, I guess, than, than it used to be. And so JC, when you say, you know, firefighter and or acting, I think, you know, depending on your schedule, there might be a win-win here. Is there a way that you can do both? And maybe the acting thing just doesn't look quite the way you thought it did or would, but you live a, a, a fulfilling life 65, 70% of the time doing something that fulfills you. And then when you're not doing that, then you're doing your acting stuff. And so it's like, you've got a great life. It's awesome. You know, you may not be in Hollywood auditioning all the time, but let me tell you, that's not all it's cracked up to be. 
It's really not. <laughs> and I think that, to be honest, I think that's going away. I really do. I think that's going away. We're seeing massive shifts in the way entertainment is consumed and made and marketed and distributed. Uh, so I don't know what the future holds, but I do think that uh, you can't go wrong with following your heart. And to circle back and put a bow on this, I think you know what the answer is, JC. And um, I think happiness and joy should be your guides. That, 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 that's almost always, you know, what we, what we come back to. And, you know, it's interesting because we're going to talk about this again uh, a little bit later on in the episode with, uh, with uh, you know, someone who's considering just, you know, hanging up the towel, at least for the time being. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, you know, there's, first of all, no shame in that. Second of all, it, it, you, don't, you don't need to set it up such that you can continue to, quote-unquote, pursue acting. In other words, like, if you just decide one day that you're going to go and, you know, open up a restaurant and, I don't know, bake cakes or something like that, and, and that's going to be it. And, and, you, and it takes you, quote-unquote, takes you away from acting. That there's no such thing. There's no such thing as it, it, you know, taking you away from, from acting. And, and, and even if you're not doing anything to pursue it, that's okay. That, that, that's just where you're at in your life at that point. There's nothing wrong or bad or you didn't screw up or fail or whatever. It's just where you're at. That's just where the, your path has taken you for the time being. I'm not sure where the prevailing mindset came from in the first place. Like the, 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 I don't know where the chicken or the egg came from that has caused the majority of actors that I know, that we know, and Trev, I know you can attest to this as well, to say, I, if I want to call myself an actor, if I want to be an actor... It has to be all acting all the time with the exception of this thing that makes me money. <laughs> yeah, man. What is up with that? Right? Where, where did that come from? You know what I, I mean? Like, I'm, not, I'm not sure where that came from, but it is sort of a prevailing mindset. Yeah. And yeah. It, there's so many different angles to come at it, but the, the one that's coming up for me right now is when a casting director or an agent or a manager asks you what's going on with you and you sit there and you try to rattle off all the things that are happening in your acting career as mm. opposed to being like, Oh man, I just drove across the country cause I'm going to teach a class at UCLA and then I want a week long fishing trip with my dad. And when I get back from that, I'm going to have to figure out where I can play hockey because I started playing ice hockey in the Northeast because they have ice there and I want, I got to find a rink in Southern California. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be like, Whoa, Whoa, wh- what? Fishing wilderness driving across the country. Now you're talking about ice hockey. Who, you know, as opposed to being like, well, I, I got a call back the other day for the blacklist, and um, mm. I, I, I built up a lot of relationships with casting directors in New York, and, uh, you know, I have an agent out there, but I don't have one in Los Angeles. Like, what? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know I what think I, I, I got my point across. Yeah, and people who understand mm-hmm. acting, who really get it, and this is most casting directors, not all, but most, people who really get it, they get that it takes, it requires an interesting life. To be a good actor requires an interesting, fulfilling, rewarding life, textured life, a layered life. So, you know, in all cases, I'd say default to that 
default to making your life incredibly interesting and you can't help but become a, a better artist for that. Oh my God. When they need a cop or a firefighter, yeah. which they do in every serialized program, <laughs> you can be like, I am one. Uh-huh. Don't hire an actor. I have all of the training. You yeah. just put me on set. You need me to bring my own costume because it's my uniform. Exactly. So you could hire me or you could hire that schmo who who rented a firefighter's outfit for the photo shoot that he could put up on LA Casting. Oh! <laughs> Wh- wow. Which one? Choose wisely. Burn. So true, though. So, so true. true. All right. You. Well, JC, I hope that helps, JC. Thank you for writing in. Uh, quick email from Catherine here. She wrote in just the other day, uh, and this is interesting. I'm not entirely clear on what's happening here, but I'm going to go ahead and just sort of shoot it off and, and see if we can sort of get to the bottom of it. She said that she got a major agent by making a phone call in New York City. I'm assuming this was like a, a cold call. Uh, a year later, after booking 30 Rock, congratulations, uh, a commercial and having an 80% callback rate, amazing, uh, she gets dumped. The agent dumps her. They, you know, they sever the working relationship. She wants to know, what's our advice? Since she has no referrals for a TV, uh, a commercial, you know, like she, she has no referrals, like she's basically dead in the water, she feels. What's our advice for what she can do? Uh, she also said that, uh, and this is where it gets a little interesting, she said another respected SAG commercial agent met her, uh, never sends her out, but does link to her uh, on, on the casting network websites. So in, in other words, from what I understand, and I actually wrote um, Catherine back and asked for clarification on this, uh, from what I understand, this meeting resulted in a sort of professional alignment such that it sounds like Catherine is on this commercial agent's roster now. I mean, they're linked up in the systems on casting networks and whatnot, but, but she has not gone out. She also said that she called to get clarification on whether or not this was like an actual working relationship. Uh, and she said that every time she talked to the, the, the office staff at this agency, but they, but they made it clear that they're union uh, and Catherine is currently not union. I'm not that that's it's kind of like a two-part question number one she doesn't know quite what to do given that she's not sure she has representation so how what she what can she do to go about getting new representation and then number two what's going on with this deal because they haven't sent her out and yet it looks like they're working together even though she's not union and they only represent union so let's tackle the first part first because that second part I'm I'm kind of like I that needs just to be a straight conversation with the agent or manager Person. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, I don't know where to go with that, but but with the first part, uh, this is a common thing. You know, you work with somebody for a while, you can have a lot of success with them, and for some reason, in the springtime or the fall or whenever, they clean their their roster out, and you get dumped, and you're sort of left to start over from square one. Really common, happens all the time to everybody. So, what do you do after that? Do you go back to like cold calling? Do you ask for referrals? Do you? Um, you know, ask for, for uh, people to walk you into their agent's office? Like, what, what's the next step? I feel like we've answered this question a lot on the podcast, and it's always good to sort of revisit it. Anything you want to jump in there with, AJ, before, you, before I go in with, I start in with what I think you think I'm going to start in with? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, look, there, there, there's, always, there's always two sides to these answers as far as I'm concerned. The one side is the emotional, and the other side is the pragmatic. 
so in terms of the emotional, like it doesn't mean anything. Like it, it is not a, just because you are quote unquote dumped by your agency is not a measure of your worth. It is not a measure of your talent. It is not a measure of how good you are or how well you will do in this industry. And, and the fact of the matter is like booking, you know, uh, 30 rock and this commercial and 80% callback rate, that might not have been enough for them. You know, if they're this big agency, like they claim to be, and you, and you saw them as, and they've got another client who's doing even better, who looks like you, then, then that's it. It's, it's a business to them, to them. To them, it's, it's, a, it's all about the numbers. It's all about, are you making the money or not? So if you're not making the money, that that's what's going to happen. So to remind ourselves that it's a business and it's not personal, I think it's huge for us emotionally. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the one side. Then on the pragmatic side, like, there's so many different ways of going about finding representation. That said, representation is not the end-all, be-all. The first thing I, I will always say to anyone is just do good work and be working, and be working on something, and be moving forward, and be working on if this is what you want to do is act, then act. And eventually the cream rises to the top, and someone will find it. how I found my manager, my manager referred me to my agent. You know, I, I, I've, I've always managed to meet people that know me and know my work because, you know, in my case, they saw me in a free 99 seat theater show in Los Angeles. I, I would just always say work, be working, be out there, be, be building relationships. And then those relationships will bear fruit. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not 10 years from now, but they will eventually bear fruit. And, and, and referral is just another way of saying relationship. Yeah. You know, your best friends, your best friends, cousins, ex-roommates may be represented by someone who is looking for you. And you wouldn't know that if you didn't have a relationship with your best friends, cousins, ex-roommates. Right or your best friend's cousin for that matter, or how is your relationship with your best friend? This industry is, is all about relationships and relationships take a lot to cultivate, to, to feed in order to, you know, in order for them to bear fruit later. There are so many different, you know, well, here's how I got an agent. Well, here's so many different stories. Yeah. of ways that people got representation that it's almost a moot point to sit here and like rattle them all off. We could, but really it's, it's just about, I think, continuing to do good work and, and building relationships. Now I'm curious what it was that you were going to say, Trevor. <laughs> yeah. Well, amen to all that. Cause that is absolutely true. This is a relationship business. We've heard that all the way back, uh, as far back as episode three of this podcast with Brian Vermeer, it is a relationship business. So be good to people, be valuable and helpful to people and be professional, show up and do your job and, and be kind and generous and, and good things will happen. And yeah, like get to know people. <laughs> <laughs> like you, what do you say about like your best friend's roommate's cousin? Like is, is could be represented by like, it's so true. Uh, the thing that I would say, uh, to Catherine is something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast. And that is get back to doing your work. Like one thing that was evident in her email is that she's frustrated that this agent, whether she has a relationship with this agent or not, uh, is not sending her out. And a lot of actors who do have clear representation, who it is very clear, like the agreement is in writing, you know, they are they are represented. A lot of actors don't go out and they get frustrated. And 
And it's yeah. because they're not doing their part of the job. Take a look at your materials. Are your materials representing you accurately? Is your reel up to snuff? Are your headshots representing you accurately? Are they getting you in the room? If you're not getting called in, I guarantee it's probably not. Well, I can't guarantee, but it's a very, 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 very good chance. It's not because your agent is not submitting you. It's because something is ambiguous about the way you're presenting yourself with your materials. And also... Are you out there building relationships with these people, with producers, with directors, with casting directors? If you just rely on an agent submission for your career success, it's probably not going to happen for you. I'm sorry, but it's, this is the hard truth. It's probably not going to happen if you're leaving it up to one person or one team of people to do all the work for you. You've got to be out there doing it yourself. They get 10% of the money that you earn. You should be doing 90% of the work. That's something that we've all heard a lot in this industry, and I believe it's true. We'll go back to the story I had when I was uh, interning at my commercial agency. That woman who came in to interview after four or five other interviews where literally the people were just saying, do you have anybody like me? Do you have my type? Here's my headshot. I really want to be in commercials. Do you have anybody like me on your roster? Do you have room for me? Like that was what everybody said. And then this chick walks in and she's like, here's a list of all the casting directors that I've met recently over the six, past six months. Here's a list of the shows they cast. Here's a list of the shows that I think I would be a good fit on. Here's the kind of, here are the directors that I know. Here's what my goals are for the next three, three uh, months, six months, nine months, one year. Can you help me do this? Would you like to work together on this plan that I already have laid out? That will blow them away. A sale, a, a manager or an agent and a manager are salespeople for you. Nothing else. Sometimes they may help you develop yourself a little bit, but and you know, they may they may help with some strategic uh, advice. But really, they're just selling you. So the 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 whole like I'm not going out. My agent doesn't send me out anything like that. That whole that whole argument it just holds no water. It's just it's just complaining about something that you have complete control over. So I'm kind of giving the tough love here. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel very, I feel very strongly about that. And I'm not just speaking to you specifically, Catherine, I'm speaking to every actor out there, including myself. I'm, I'm when anybody, when anybody ever gives advice, they're really just, they're talking to their past selves if we're completely honest. So I'm talking to myself here too. Um, there's yeah. a lot that we can do for our careers that I think we shouldn't do or can't do, or for some reason don't deserve to do or, or are above doing so it's like, let's get real about whose career this is and what the chances are of things happening if we're just saying to one person, why aren't you submitting me? And I think that communication piece answers the second half of, of her question, too. Like, <clears throat> if you called, if, if the story that we think is the story is that you called them up and said, hey, what's going on? I'm not getting sent out. And they're like, well, we're, you, you know, we only submit union and you're not. Okay, so let's say that that is the story. You have two options. You can either say, all right, well, then we're not just not going to work together right now um, until I'm union. Or you tell them, like, look, okay, first of all, why did you sign uh, if you're signed? I, I don't know what the, you know, we need that, we need that clarification. But I, I would be calling them and be like, oh, okay, so you don't send people out there. Okay, so why, why are we in a working relationship? Okay, so if we're going to be in a working relationship, then you and I both know it doesn't matter whether or not I'm union, you can send me out on these auditions, and I can still go out. And if I book, then we'll, you know, we'll cross that bridge when, when, when we come to it. 
Otherwise, please take me off of your roster and remove me from, you know, you can ask them to, to, to remove you from the, the stuff on the, on the submission websites. Like, that's, uh, that is our responsibility as an actor. That's our responsibility. What, whatever's up there is our responsibility, not, not theirs. So if that's a frustration for you, handle it. But it really is just about that communication and taking ownership and, and being like, this is what I want. And if you can't, if you're not the one, like you said, Trevor, if you're not the one that's going to provide it to me, um, I'll move on. Wow. Awesome. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for the question, for the email. I actually didn't think it was going to get this impassioned, uh, but I really hope that a lot of actors just listen to that past 10 minutes and feel empowered to, to really take ownership of their careers. Um, because that's, that's what it's about, man. You, t- you, you watch an interview with any successful actor or, or director or any successful person, business person, whatever, they all have that in common where they just said they take full responsibility for every single aspect of their success, of their life, of their health, of their relationships, everything. They say, I create this. This is my fault. This is uh, my accomplishment. This is my everything. And acting, it's like amplified in the entertainment industry. When you're an actor, it's like amplified because everyone wants to sort of not, you know, we want to tread lightly. We don't want to insult anybody. We want to make sure that we don't burn any bridges. It's like, own it. You ever see Robert Downey Jr. in an interview? There's a couple clips on YouTube of him, like, where the cameras were still rolling, but the interview was over. That guy is all business. He, like, does not care for pleasantries or anything. He's got a job to do. And part of me is like, he's being kind of a dick. But the other part of me is like, no, he's a busy man. He knows the value of his time. And this is how he got to where he is. He knows when he's wasting time trying to please people. And he knows when he's being, you know, being valuable to people. And so it's just... It's interesting. It'd be an interesting experiment. Anybody listening to this who wants to just go look for some Robert Downey Jr. outtakes interviews on YouTube, um, you might see some interesting ways of being there. Uh, but Catherine, thank you for the uh, for the email. Um, I really appreciate that and hope that was valuable to you. Please uh, let us know how it goes. Yeah. All right, we are in the home stretch here. We just have a few minutes left, and we've actually talked about a lot of this already, but Travis Derrick calls in, uh, he called in a few weeks ago with this very potent question. My question is, uh, I've been flip-flopping uh, about my career this year. I had a friend who um, earlier in the year quit acting, and she told me like one of the big reasons was that she was never really excited to go to class or uh, rehearsal or um, to go perform. And like whenever a class or a rehearsal got canceled, she'd actually be relieved. Um, and it kind of hit me hard because I kind of feel the same way when I have a rehearsal um, or, or, you know, I got to go perform a play or, or whatever. Um, that being said, every time the rehearsal's done or the play is done, um, I... I I feel great, you know, like I just finished doing a play a couple months ago and when the play, every time the play was finished, whether it was a good performance or a bad one, I'd feel pretty, pretty invigorated after. I'm, I'm wondering if, if I'm perhaps doing an injustice to myself or to the craft for not being 100% excited about um, the process. So I'm just, you know, I, I'm kind of conflicted as to whether or not to keep going with this career choice. Um, even though I, I love movies, I love the industry, I, 
I love a good scene, and um, I'm also a little bit conflicted because I, I've encountered a lot of actors over the last one or two years that um, I've really not a, got along with um, in the sense that I, I think there's a lot of fakeness in this industry. I mean, in Vancouver, the small community, I can only imagine what it's like in L.A., and, and the desperation kind of turns me off a little bit, too. Yeah, I'm just wondering if you guys have ever felt the same way, and if you have, what have you done to remedy those feelings? Because I, even though I'm conflicted, I, 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 I don't want to give up on it just yet. I, like I said, I, I still, the love is still there, but the, it's, it's leaning maybe because I haven't gotten a whole lot of work. Might be it too. I, I'm not sure, but um, I just thought maybe it might be an interesting uh, discussion topic for you guys. Wow. We, we talked about this at the beginning of the episode. This is, I'm, I'm in a similar place, Travis. Um, just to sort of recap that, because I know the voicemail was a little bit garbled. Uh, essentially, Travis has been sort of flip-flopping about his career. He's not quite sure how emotionally invested he is. Uh, and he talked about his friend uh, who felt relieved when class was canceled, the rehearsal was canceled, and, and Travis said he kind of feels the same way. Uh, although he loves the work, he loves actually performing and the feeling of having completed a performance. And, you know, like, so there's, there's a little bit of a, of a conflict happening there. Uh, and he also said, and I think this is a big one, uh, that there, he feels there's a lot of sort of fake people in the industry and there's a desperation that he kind of feels lingering in the air and that, that turns him off as well. And I can identify with that, with that feeling. Um, so he wants to know, have we ever felt the same way? If so, what have we done to remedy it? Uh, he doesn't want to throw in the towel yet, but he's thinking about it. So I talked about my own sort of journey with this earlier. Anything that comes up for you right off the bat, AJ? Well, I, I, I mean, we, yeah, we have been sort of touching on this throughout the episode. And, and the first thing I want to say is if, that, if, if, if anyone, including you, Travis, decides to, to make that choice, there's absolutely no shame in it. Like, first and foremost. And I feel like it really comes back to what we were just talking about before with Catherine's question, which is just being responsible, knowing that you are in control and you're not victim to the circumstances of the industry. Like, you know, it's not the class or the rehearsal or the lack of work or whatever that's making you feel the way that you're feeling, because even though it's a tough pill to swallow, we are the ones in charge of how we interpret things and therefore how we feel about them. That was a huge turning point for me when, when I, cause I, yes, I had felt this way. I, I, I felt like 10 years, eight years post graduation from college, I was feeling like my passion for this was leaking out of me like a sieve. And when I realized that that was, all because I had chosen to allow these circumstances to get to me and make, you know, allow them to, to make me feel a certain way. And then I turned it around and flipped the, flipped the switch to being like, no, I'm in charge of the interpretation. I'm in charge of my life. I'm in charge of my happiness. I'm in charge of, you know, all these things. Then I would, not only did I reignite my passion for it, but I realize, I, I realize that it is what I want to do and I am in complete control of, of making it happen. So I feel like once, once someone makes that realization, it, it sort of comes back to this duality, this, this two choices of either 
getting underneath those feelings of relief when rehearsal gets canceled and, and class gets canceled, getting underneath those feelings and figuring it out such that you can reignite your passion and continue to go full speed ahead or to, you know, sort of check out for a while or permanently to pursue something else that you think is going to make you happy or that is making, you know, something, something else that you're choosing to do in order to fill you up. Yeah. As we've been talking about this entire episode and, and, and then using that as an opportunity to dig in even deeper and okay, well, what is it about the, you know, doing this that has me so happy, so passionate and everything. And, and, what is the difference between that and what I was doing before? And can I apply that to what I was doing before, meaning, meaning acting in the entertainment industry? And if not, so be it. And if so, maybe that's a way back in. There is no wrong choice. There is no shame. Yeah. You know, so I, I would love to hear being that, you know, you're sort of feeling some of these feelings, Trevor. I'd love to hear, you know, I, like I said, I have felt this way. You are, sort of currently feeling this way where your mind is at of what your, what your choices are right now in the way that you are approaching it moving forward. My uh, assignment for you, Derek or Travis. Wow. I did it a second time. His last name is, <laughs> his last name is Derek. And I just keep wanting to call him Derek. My brother's name is Derek. That's why I do that. Uh, and my name is Trevor, which is similar to Travis. So what, <laughs> What I, my homework assignment for you, Travis? And now, and now, and now for a journey through Trevor's brain. Yeah, seriously, I just have internal dialogue Tourette's here today. Uh, w- w- my homework assignment for you would be to journal about why you want to be an actor or why you've chosen to be an actor up to this point. What is it that you get out of it? What's the payoff for you? And what is the contribution? that you're making to the world with this choice. Just journal about that for, you know, set a timer for like 20 minutes and just write the, your only goal but to keep the pen moving across the page. Just don't stop writing. It doesn't have to make sense. Just get it out and get to the bottom of what the purpose of this is. And you may find that actually the acting does fulfill that purpose just not right now. Or there may be something similar that you do that actually does fill the purpose even more. Or you may have gotten out of touch with that. You may be a different person now than you, than you were when you started. So like what you said, AJ, getting underneath those feelings of, of, of relief when a class or rehearsal is canceled, it's like, yeah, what's going on there? What, why is that happening? Like, let's figure that out. Because it's one thing to just identify the feeling and infer that it means you should stop or behave a certain way. It's another thing to get inside and, and kind of be an anthropologist about it and say, what, what is the thinking that resulted in this emotion? Like what is, what are the beliefs that resulted in this, in this, in me, in me feeling that experiencing this right now? And if it turns out that it's something that you want to back away from for a bit, it doesn't have to be final. And like AJ, like you said, AJ, there's no shame. If if it does turn out to be that, like congratulations, it reminds me of of a Louis C.K. I think it was Louis C.K. He did this little stand up routine where he said like sometimes his friends will tell him you know like oh I'm getting a divorce and it's usually like this big heavy conversation and my marriage is ending blah 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 and Louis says he always wants to be like congratulations man and like give him a huge pat on the back because you're getting out of something that's not working 
Like, congratulations on ending that struggle and moving on and creating a space in your life for something new. And I love that. I think it's, it, it's funny because a divorce kind of is, it, it's an awful thing to go through, but it's also a cause for celebration. So there's that, that you know, two-sidedness to it, but it's always a choice. Which side are we going to sort of put our focus on? Because it's a law of the universe that where attention goes, energy flows, and results show. It's a nice little rhyme for you there. Uh, and it's it just, it's true. It's true. And so, um, do not go into self beat up about it. Let it all be okay. It's all valid. It's all your experiences, all your journey. I think, is it Morgan Freeman didn't get his first acting role until he was in his forties. I'm not sure if he walked away from the, uh, I might be wrong about that, but I think there's one famous actor that's like a Morgan Freeman sort of type of guy who's, who's got a very late start and has had a very successful career. So that's possible. And I don't know what his journey was like up until then, but like we said earlier, it's always going to be here. Uh, And our job is not to get married to something uh, unless that something is our own pursuit of joy and happiness. Uh, Because when we are following what brings us joy and causes happiness, we are automatically serving the world and serving the needs of others by being that, by being joy and being happiness. So... Uh, yeah. Anything else you wanted to add, AJ, before we wrap that up? No, that was beautiful. I can't top that. There's no way. <laughs> right. Travis, thank you for that question. Uh, I feel like I've learned a thank lot about it. Thank you for your vulnerability. Yeah, I was just going to say. Wow, what, like, that, takes, that takes a lot of guts to call up. You know, it's one thing to, to not communicate it. It's another thing to email it and put it in text form, but then to call up with your own voice and be that vulnerable to share something, you know, with, uh, with us, with the community that takes some guts. And I just want to acknowledge you for that, Travis. Yeah. Thank you, Travis. And I, I want to personally thank you too, because I'm on a similar journey and I learned a lot about my journey by responding to, uh, this, this, um, voicemail from you. So thank you for that. Thank you for adding that to my journey. All right then. So we are uh, we're running kind of long on this episode. Do we have time for these picks of the week, or should we shelve them until next uh, episode? Yeah, let's let's shelve them. Let's shelve them and then just uh, jump into the outro. We'll get to those next. I mean, this is no. As we said, this is a uh, this is a listener listener appreciation episode. So let's uh, let's continue to let's just focus on that. All right. Awesome. (laughs) All right. So on that note. Today's episode of Inside Acting was produced and co-hosted by yours truly, A.J. Meyer, and of course, <laughs> what did I call you earlier? Some schmuck, Trevor Algan. Yeah. Uh, Jen, yeah. Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Sorry, I really do love this guy, otherwise I wouldn't be able to talk about him like that. Jen Levin is our production coordinator, Gadali Gubrick is our marketing and web director, and Jasmine Bristow is our director of public relations. Of course, Deborah Smith, all of our members know her because she is our community manager. Trevor Algat, some schmuck, <laughs> edited and mixed today's episode and composed our interview and theme music. You can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our recent episodes at our website, InsideActing.net. You can also find us on iTunes, and your reviews there are hugely appreciated. Hugely, especially those five-star ones. <laughs> those five-star ones are great. <laughs> the five-star ones are the best kinds of ones. There's <laughs> only a maximum of those five. 
Uh, special thanks to our sponsors, Rehearsal 2 and VO2GoGo.com. Also, keep a lookout for Rehearsal Pro or go check out that Indiegogo campaign that Trevor was referring to earlier. And thanks to you. A big thanks to you, our listeners. You know, we couldn't do this show without you. You've given so much to us so that we wanted to give back to you. And that is what this particular episode was all about. If you love inside acting and you want to maximize its value in your life and career and, and join this, uh, this community of, of, of giving and, you know, uh, paying, paying it forward and giving back, you can sign up as a monthly member and get cool perks like access to our membership message board, which is where people are, you know, giving back to, to one another. Cool freebies, invites to exclusive member meetups like the ABC meetings, discounts on merchandise, and much, much more. Just visit InsideActing.net and click on the membership tab. All right, and that's it for episode 207 of Inside Acting. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, grow some big, fat tree rings. Yes! Throw some big fancy rings! I love it! Oh, God. That sounded dirty a little bit. It did. It did sound dirty. No one's going to get it unless they uh, actually listen to the episode. That'd be weird if they just jumped to the end. (laughs) They're like, like, wait a second, what? I just want to mark this one as played. Let's just get Mm -hmm. to the, the end of it.